We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it, and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form, as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence, indeed, will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes, and accordingly all experience hath shown, that mankind are more disposed to suffer, while evils are sufferable, than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations, pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty, to throw off such government, and to provide new guards for their future security. You're tuning into The Constitutionalist with Donnie the Don. Don't be political property, be free. Well, hello, hello, everybody. I uh, wanted to make sure we heard the anthem this time. I think it worked. It was working over there. The sound was working over on Twitter. Uh, spaces. So, were we good today? Be good? I'm going to check the comments in a, sec- in a second. Uh, we'll see when uh, Brady will pop in over here in a moment. We'll see where he's at. And if for some reason uh, Brady can't make it, we'll also have a conversation between ourselves and until um, he gets here so robert hey what's up man you didn't get the chance to speak on twitter spaces <laughs> wanderer hey hey john hey joshua joshua did you oh joshua was just on twitter spaces thank you for joining us we'll see where uh mr brady is here in a moment you guys because this is it's gonna be his floor tonight i i don't know much about this I just think I find it was very interesting and a great idea that are that people go to different businesses um, and ask to grow food and things like that for the community, their community garden, and um, and then discussing and figuring out how um, it will work and ideas on how to have the community gardens. So we're not stressing out or uh, bending the knee on our liberties and our freedom because people want to eat. You know what I'm saying? So. But this will be a really good conversation. We'll just see uh, where Brady is, and if not, we'll just we'll we'll figure out ourselves more so. And I'm quite sure that maybe someone else in the audience here too has done some research on this. But um, Private also was going to add to this conversation as well. If Private wants to uh, go ahead and come up here and, and talk about the his survival stuff too before Brady gets here, that's awesome. But let me get to Private first, Josh. And I'll get to you next, I promise. Oh, and then, uh, Chris, you figured it out before I could uh, help you. You're, you're awesome. Thank you. So uh, first up, we got Private. Hey, Private. What's up, Donnie? What's How's up? How's the sound? Sounds good. Sounds good. Good, just, good. Just uh, what this whole topic is on, I think it's very important, self-sufficiency. I mean, if you don't want to end up in a FEMA camp or picked up by the government and say, hey, we got food, but, you know, you got to give up your guns and, you know, you got to take the shot. You got to be, have, 
your, your vaccine up to date. And we all seen what's happening. If you haven't seen already, it's just not good. You have to be self-sufficient. The only way to do that is to start gardening, get some chickens, start prepping. I mean, I don't know how much time we have left. I just saw something that was concerning, but I don't know if it's 100% true. You know, it's just a video from truck driver. Yeah, uh, let me let me go ahead and play it for everybody, okay? Hold on, let me uh, pull it up on um, your inbox you sent me. I appreciate that. And also, you guys, I am not the best with my inbox, but if you guys, like, pop up on here and remind me, hey, I, I sent you something. Can you please uh, open it and read it? Please remind me because I get a lot of inboxes. Let me play the video he sent me real quick, you guys. Um, give me one moment. Here we Oh, shit. I just left Oakland. Usually I haul into the port. Container companies that load the ships. Real quick, can you hear that? Okay. Yes. Okay. All right, here we go. Well, when I got to Oakland, there was something very eerie. Remember when all the ships were stacked up and we couldn't get the shit off them? The ports are empty. There's no ships. They used to be jam-packed. So I went over to, a, say, Pacific uh, Container Company, where I have a friend. He says he's going to be out of a job next week because Tyson and JBS will no longer be shipping meat to the port. Heads up, people. It's going to happen a lot quicker than you think. Oh, yeah. That's scary. There's no verification that that guy actually did go to Oakland. He's just saying it, but it's just concerning, Mm -hmm. at least. And the biggest way to take your rights is through food. If you cannot feed yourself, you cannot feed your family, and there's only one option available, you're probably going to take it. But I would hope that most people can stop buying all the non-essential items such as beer. It's literally useless. No offense if you're a beer drinker. Beer doesn't do anything during a shit-hit-the-fan situation. You know, hard alcohol can be used, you know, for medical uses, obviously, and that's a use right there. Wine for cooking, and you could drink some of it, but you just got to start thinking... How am I going to survive this if these crazy conspiracy theorists, you know, such as myself, come out to be true? You know, there's a lot of signs. Well, we had 10,000 cows uh, in Nebraska what, last week. Over 100 different food processing centers have been hit with fires, magic fires. I don't know why they just keep hitting, but the signs are all there. The Charles Schwab, uh, I don't know if everyone's heard of him. He has a book called COVID-19 and the Great Reset. If the Great Reset isn't real, then why is there a book? And why is he promoting it in his little inner circles? You know, and the media is not talking about it. You have to think for yourself, why is this happening? Why are we being lied to by the media? The media is owned by what? Six corporations, is it, Donnie? Or is it like... I don't remember the exact number, but just a few corporations, they own pretty much everything. 
Right. And they're all spitting you the same crap, including Fox. I'm sorry, but Fox is, has like one gem in there, and that's Tucker Carlson. Other than that, it's like you're flipping and, and a coin. And I want to say this too, if we we'll refer to like someone like Tucker Carlson and everything, uh, I would be. I my whole thing is there's a reason why he's allowed to say certain things, and there's a reason why he doesn't say certain things. And I, I'm going to go off of I prefer to listen to independent um, people who do their own research and do journalism and things like that because they don't have to answer somebody and they can't tell them what they can and can't say. They it's up to that person who does it. So that's because Tucker, like that, Tucker, I feel like is the wing that tells you what you want to hear, um, what the conservatives want to hear to keep them on uh, listening to Fox and and completely not abandoning the the Fox, um, I guess, news, right? I guess what groupie list or whatever, or or completely abandon the Republican Party. So I, I believe it's on purpose just to string people along, keep people there, and then tell them what they want to hear. I don't watch Fox News personally. If some of his clips come on and I like his clip, I'll watch his clip. But that's it. It's like I prefer One American News, but I'm kind of getting iffy about them now. It just seems like everyone that gets big, they get consumed by this overreaching government. And really, self-sufficiency and prepping is the only way out. Like water can – water is super important. If you don't have a water source like a lake nearby, you got to get something because if this stuff is true, this, um, what is it, Uh, Great Reset, which it seemed like it is. They seemed like they're switching the digital currency next year. I don't know if anyone picked that up, but 2023, they're supposed to be switching the Federal Reserve to digital. My banking app actually is telling me I have to update to the new version to accept digital and this food that's just constantly being burned down there's a pizza factory in wisconsin did you hear about that no i haven't donnie their pizza factory in wisconsin burned down and they make frozen wow. pizzas so they're, they're attacking our food and that's we're basically at war if you don't haven't realized it yet yes. they're trying to control the food the fuel is an issue uh, there's a, and this is just a good friend of mine. Got word of mouth from a truck driver, and down in Florida, there was at least six truck stops that have zero fuel down there. I don't know how many in total, but I'm hearing of shortages. It's all spotty right now. Stuff's still flowing. You can still get stuff. It's just that if you are anyone's paying attention to the uh, Flying J CEO. About a month ago, he was threatened by uh, Pacific Union, which is uh, one of, I think, the leading railroad companies in the whole country, to reduce his imports. Initially, I believe it was by like 25%, and then they said 50%. And if he don't reduce the imports, he's going to completely, like the the railroad's going to completely blacklist them. They're not going to ship anything. And that's fuel and death. So... Running on the corporate method, if you do that to one, you have to do that to all. Otherwise, you open yourself up for lawsuits. And that's why I'm thinking they did it to everyone, all the major truck stops. So if they're doing it to them, I I really believe we're running on 50% capacity of what we should have. And 
I know it's word of mouth. Uh, heard, heard on the CB the other day. There's a Canadian truck driver, because I was mentioning about this thing in Florida, that uh, TA and Petro out west, they're short, shorting certain truck stops, and then they're completely overfilling certain markets that get more activity. And I don't know how much longer this stuff's going to hold together, but if you haven't prepped at all, you have to start. And if you're not doing it, you better start gardening, get some chickens, you, you have to do something to keep yourself out of those camps. You just can't rely on the grocery stores. I mean, Chicago just let, I told the Chicago police to uh, not pursue anyone. If they committed a, even violent crime, robbing a bank, you know, if they, whatever it is, do not pursue them. It's like they're, they're prepping all these big cities just to fail. They're insulating all the people that are there. You know, with this this great news that, you know, everything's fine. You know, Biden's great. He's a superstar. Look at all the good things he's doing. And then when it's just too late to tell, they're all stuck in there. Half of them don't have cars. They rely on public transportation. When the diesel stops, the cities are dead in a week. People are rioting in three days. With these short supplies, it might be two days. Uh, if you're in a city, I, I would try and get a plan to get out. It's just, it's safer in the suburbs, safer in the country. If you have family, work on a plan if you haven't prepped. You know, contribute to a group. Like, I don't know, you have a, your family, you got 10 family members or something, or five even, and they're out in the country, they have a small farm or something. Talk to them. You know, if you're not in good terms, talk to them. You know, and and just contribute to bring something, you know, to the table, whether you're a good shot, whether, you know, uh, you've hunted before and just start thinking of survival because nobody knows survival anymore and they're counting on that. And when these people take over and do their great reset, they're expecting a large percentage of the population to be dead. And I don't know. Yeah, yeah it's definitely ahead. private. And in Austin, they have a new plant they just started. Um, I need to find it and pull it back up. But crickets? in Austin, yeah, they're, they're feeding people. They're making cricket food from crickets. And that's in Austin, Texas. Yeah. You know, I'm but, not really a fan of bugs, to be honest. I'm not either. Um, I prefer, you know, deer, bison, cows. I like vegetables and things like that. I like things that God put on this earth that he gave me so that I can um, nourish my body um, because those are the gifts he gave us. He gave us a million over these, these things on this earth as well. And then we right. have a, a small percentage of people in this country and then across the globe who are controlling the food. Um, but private, real quick, I'm going to get Joshua up here next so that other people can go. But you can definitely hop back up here if you want to come back again, please. Um, but I, I want to um, also point out this too if you guys watch the old stuff like how they used to try to take over uh, different camps or tribes or groups or countries they would uh, starve out their food source and make it to where they couldn't have access to one their food or water or they destroy their crops and things like that that's that's what they did to 
control the population or to take over a population. And our own country is doing it to us. And so we, we don't want to comply when they said, oh, in order for you to eat, you need to do this and this. And they, or they're going to start giving us vouchers for how much sugar and bread and stuff we can get. We, we don't want to get to that point. We need to speak up, speak up and start doing something a lot faster. If you're looking across the country, you know, there was lambs that had died like the um, like the cows did. If you look at here, that there's shortages um, where and the Philippines can't send uh, sugar. And over in... Um, Argentina, or I think it's Argentina, or I always mix them up with the other one that's uh, Venezuela. I think it's Venezuela. They can't export out uh, meat, their cattle. It's just, it's just a, a shit show. It's just bad. Um, Joshua, hey, how's it going? Uh, thanks for coming in. Uh, you just heard about the space, uh, this uh, podcast today. You hopped on in. Thank you. I appreciate you. Oh, since you're new, Josh, at the very bottom right hand corner, there's a phone button. If you click on it, it'll unmute your mic for you. Can you hear me now? Sure can. Thank right. you. Welcome. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've been I've been following your tweets for like quite a while now, and I've known about the show. I just made the app like a few days ago, but I completely I just want to say that at first I completely agree with what you were saying, Tommy. Like we need to we have the right and the duty to create a new government that's actually for our for us. Yeah, but um. I wonder what to to add on to what private or what what's his name? is it private? Yeah. Yes. Was saying is it JB? I wonder if it's JBS and Tyson. They're not exporting it out of port or or what they're doing. I wonder if it's if, it, if that's what they're doing, like keeping it home, keeping everything here, which is still alarming because it's like obviously there's not enough to export. If that is the if that's the case, but uh, also I did start a garden. I kind of did see that the, the community gardens. I didn't start a community one. It's more of a, just me and my sister. My sister's like, you know, stuff's gonna hit the fan. And we should probably garden. So I just started a gardening for the first time this year. I have like 330 square feet <laughs> of garden of just all types of vegetables and stuff. So yeah, do whatever you can. I guess I'm fortunate because my piece of property is big enough. And I live in a yeah. small town, so I'm able to do it. So when you when you first started doing that, did you have any background or history on setting that up? And did you um, have to do some research? Like, how did you kind of like start your process so you can kind of help other people? Like, you know, have that those steps already in place, maybe. And by the way, real quick, I always told you guys on Twitter Spaces to get a pen and paper and take some notes. Um, please, if you have, if you want to do that, if you this you want to get some information from here and say that information. I'm going to remind you guys to get a pen and paper and take some notes so you guys can um, jot this stuff down. But go ahead, Joshua. Yeah. With, when you're starting a garden, well, where I'm at, I'm in Nebraska. So I, I planted like right at the – I planted pretty late in the season. So like June 1st for a lot of stuff is kind of pretty late. But everything's doing well. So you have to look at where you're at, where you're located within the United States, basically like the zones, your, your growth zones. Uh, it's it's pretty easy to because there's so many garden app, gardening apps. So me being a first timer, I just downloaded the garden app, uh, and it basically just tells you how how to plant them, how, when to water them, and how long the usually harvest is. So like there's so there's so many easy free planter apps. It it make it's it's simple. And basically with my garden, 
I mean, it's simple. It's just I just put it in the ground and it's it grows. <laughs> like it's it's not too it's not too difficult. It's just watering and you know going out there every once in a while to weed if you need to. Um, what else? Oh. And oh, I mean. I, oh yeah. And then ahead. too, you said you're in, in real quick too. Remember, guys, he's also in Nebraska. So that's another piece too, like how what he can and what he can and can't grow or whatever or however that process worked. Um, is everything outside? Did you do anything inside too? Did you do any herbs inside or anything? Actually, I have I have the herb garden outside, but that's definitely something you can do inside with those like, yeah, those little indoor, uh, you know, micro micro terrarium things where you can grow them under a under the UV lights for your uh, all your different herbs and spices stuff. So yeah, definitely look into that. Uh, if you are planning, like depending on where you're at, yeah, obviously there is like um, where you're at dictates what you can grow. And I mean, Nebraska is pretty. It's really you know it's good soil, really productive soil. We can pretty much. I mean, I can grow pretty much anything. It's just like can't be growing like tropical plants because we have you know really bad winter in our grow in our growing season so short. So if you are starting now. You got to look at your what you want to grow, and then you have to look at basically they'll tell you on the back of the package uh, basically what how much time it needs to grow. So usually, so some plants need like 180 days. So if you're starting late and you're like in the more northern climate like my like I am, obviously that plant you can't plant that because it's not gonna go to it's not gonna grow to maturity, but just look at what you want to grow and just look at the back at like how long it takes to harvest. Cause you could be planting right now, but you could be like more South. You have a longer growing season and you'll have pl- still have plenty of time for that seed to grow and then go into harvest. So that's what you got to look into. And then with like planter apps back to that is that stuff makes it so easy. It tells you what grows, what plants are basically, uh, what are they called? Companion plants. They, that they're compatible to grow next to makes it really easy. Awesome. Yeah. Well, if you have if you have any tips and tricks for us or any like links that you can do, put in the live chat for us, that would be awesome. Um, so everyone else can have access to some of the things that you found in your research. But um, I'm going to get over to Flamethrower next to then uh, Kay. But if you want to come back up and you want to add some more stuff, you definitely can. I want to make sure everyone that has requested to speak has had an opportunity to speak. Um, before, you know, the 30, 40 minute mark. And I also am wondering, uh, I bet Phil may be busy, but it'd be kind of awesome if Philip did come up here because he is a farmer to um, also give us some um, insight on certain things and some tricks. So I would appreciate that if you are ab- available. I know sometimes you guys are busy cooking or take care of your family and you guys are just listening, but I saw him in here and I just wanted to say, yo, you should come up if you can. But real quick, uh, next up, we have Robert. Thank you, Joshua, for coming up and speaking with us and uh, dropping those gems. Hey, Robert. Hey. Um, what's, what's up? Okay. So um, I think there's another important thing you need to, need to think about in terms of survival. you you got to be careful who – you gotta be careful who you live with too, because, uh, because they're gonna be the, because 
if some people are going to be snitching behind your back on what you have, mm-hmm. so and and if there's a food shortage, those are going to be the first people that are going to try to get their hands on your stuff. So so be so when you decide where you're going to go and decide who to keep around, always keep that in mind. Uh, so and and another thing is. Uh, that when you, and if you grow things in your own house, if nobody talks about it, nobody knows. So that's, that's one big advantage to, to indoor growing for things that are small enough that, that you can grow it. Uh, because if nobody talks, the feds ain't going to know. It's that simple. So, but as for outdoors, though, um, I, I, I do think I've never been a fan of all these, all these little codes that they come up with, uh, to regulate people's homes, uh, especially in HOA neighborhoods. If you live in an HOA neighborhood, please move out if you're going to be making a garden because HOA laws, but the way they're written, they do give HOAs a right to intrude in your private and your private affairs, and uh, you and you don't want to live in a neighborhood where people have that kind of authority. So, uh, just that's probably the most important thing I think to keep in mind when prepping. Don't just don't just worry about the survival part as far as how. Also worry about who's watching and who's gonna snitch. That's a good point. Robert always come in dropping his flames. I'm gonna stop saying gems for him. I'm gonna say flames because he is a flamethrower. But Robert, yeah, those are great points. Thank you so much for adding that. And um. I would want to necessarily, like, I try not to ask necessarily what someone's growing necessarily in their private, you know, stuff because you never know. It's kind of like when I see people post something about, oh, do you, wait, do you have a gun? Do you have protection? And then I see people telling them exactly their whole inventory. I'm like, why are y'all doing that? So, yeah, definitely. Um, that's a great point, Robert, that you brought up. I'm going to get over to Kay real quick. But Brady, while I get Kay over here, can you introduce yourself? I'm glad you got to make it. Hey guys, sorry about the wait. Yeah, nice to meet you guys. Glad to hear from y'all. Um, my name is Brady. I'm community gardener. Um, I worked for a community garden, like a nonprofit for like five years. And that was an interesting experience. I had some kind of issues working with them. It was a not exactly the way I would run things. So I kind of broke off and started my own community garden. And it's very simple. Uh, if you don't have room to garden on your own property, you can look around your local community, your neighbors' yards, um, businesses, schools, churches, and if there's a spot that looks good, it's on your way to work. It's a part of your normal commute. Um, talk to whoever owns the land. Ask them if you can install a little community garden. It won't cost them a thing. You just throw a little GoFundMe together, or you and a few friends get together. Just you know, maybe it only takes about five hundred bucks worth of soil and mulch and stuff to get a really nice big community garden together. 
all you need to do is start by throwing a bunch of mulch on the ground. Mulch is the most important thing because <clears throat> that's going to be a rain barrel. Mulch is going to absorb all the extra excess moisture from the rain. It's going to hold it over time and it's going to keep the soil nice and cool. And so you can think of mulch as a very cheap and efficient rain barrel. And then uh, you're going to make a big ring of mulch um, on the inside of the ring. You're going to throw some more mulch down and then you're going to start layering some organic compost and some soil down, kind of like a lasagna layer in the middle. And bada bing, bada boom, you've got a hugel mound or a raised bed, uh, kind of like a raised mound. And you can even dig into the ground a foot and make it a, a sunken raised garden. There's a lot of different gardening methods, but those are some of my favorites. Is just throwing mulch down, throwing a bunch of soil on top of that and planting in there. And if y'all want to see the community garden I have going on right now, it's uh, Helotus Community Gardens on Facebook. I'll drop a little uh, I'll write that in the comments right here, how to spell Helotus. Sure. Thank you. Thank <laughs> and, uh, you. I'll happily take any questions you guys have about soil health, uh, any, getting started, anything. Awesome. So definitely um, Brady is going to be a, a great source for this information because he's, you know, doing this already. Um, we have uh, Kaya. We have John. Um, probably I'll get to you in a second. We haven't heard from Jet and Philip yet. And then another John. So we're going to go in the order, and then as we do the speaking everything, if you guys want to ask uh, Brady some questions, you definitely can do that. Brady, are you on the, are you on Twitter or YouTube as well? Uh, I have a science channel on YouTube. Not very okay. active. Uh, I, I do plan on adding more to it. Um, but I'm more active on Facebook as far as the community gardening stuff goes. I have a lot of Facebook right. groups. Um, eventually once I get some more community gardens up and going and it, it's, it's mostly just me doing this right now myself, but once more people get involved, I, I plan on creating all the social medias for it. But for now it's just the Lotus community garden on Facebook, little Facebook page. Okay. All right. Perfect. All right. Say, Hey Kay, how's it going? Can you introduce yourself real quick uh, for us? This is your first time on this show. And, um, you were, you were speaking about some things that in particular, um, what you're actually involved in. Um, so can you uh, can you drop your gems for us, please, sir? Oh, and how you open your mic is in the bottom right-hand corner. You hit the mic and you, it shall mute yourself. Let's see here. If you're having an issue with unmuting your mic, um, Three, you like copy. You're good to go. Uh, what was that? I said, Crease, do you copy? Well, I'll come back to you um, in just a second, but the mic should be at the bottom of your app. So I'll come back to you in just a second. Let me get to John, Jet, and Philip, and I'll try you again. Okay. Let me put you back in the queue. Um, make sure I did it right. I did not do it right. Oh, I did. Okay. All right, John, here you go. Welcome back, John. How are you? Can you drop some gems for us today? Got some I'm good. I'm good. Thanks. Hey, uh, everybody uh, is making good points on here. Um, I wanted to talk about, you know, actually, I do listen to Tucker. And uh, he was really good tonight because he was talking about the Uniparty. And how the Republicans are complicit 
with everything Biden wants to do. And it was a really good kind of enraging segment. But uh, the latest thing is this uh, gun control measure that I don't know if anybody noticed, but that got uh, passed another round through the Senate last night. And that is extremely alarming. Uh, I just never thought I'd see that happen. And there were 14 Republican senators that uh, made that happen. And uh, they're just they're just all in. I mean, they are all in. And uh, it concerns me because, you know, we can talk about gardens and everything. And there's some great ideas and stuff. But I mean, if you have some stuff and people are starving, they're just going to come take it. And people uh, have to know that uh, they have to be they have to arm themselves. We're going to have to I mean, it's going to be it's going to be nasty. Um, You know, like they're closing down that one plant that makes what 30% of the ammunition, the five, five, six ammunition. And, um, you know, that's going to, that's going to rock it up. I went to sporting goods store and just bought another 200 rounds of just, uh, you know, five, five, six, just to have on hand. And, uh, I'm going to continue doing that, but, uh, we have to remember that, you know, what we're going against is a deep state that, and I've commented on it in the past because, because you can't use the military on domestic soil, but the way the deep state's gotten around it is getting everything they need, whether it's helicopters, airplanes, drones, automatic weapons, body armor, explosives, federal powers of arrest and apprehension. Um, and these are all done by the Energy Department, Forestry Service, Education Department, Treasury Department. And the thing is, they're not controlled by any elected official. They're bigger in number than the U.S. military, have no limits and how big they can grow to, have no limits as to what they can do, and can operate on American soil and basically do whatever they please. And we have to remember that this is growing constantly. And, uh, you know, it's going to get nasty. I mean, people are going to be starving. There's no, there's no question that there's a plan in place, and it's going to happen. And it's, it's uh, uh, you know, all the points well, that were brought up at the beginning, uh, you know, are true. And there's more than that happening, obviously. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, go ahead. And I, and I think, John, too, that's why we're having the discussion, because, you know, the government, we can't really depend on the government's plan. It's going to come down to us doing the planning. You know, yes, you, someone will come and try to rob you or take your, your, your food and things like that. But if you don't have anything to rob at all, like you have nothing, it, you know, it's better to have something. And again, if you're working as a community, yes, you can work yeah. as a community, as a collective to protect that food. You know, you have someone who watches that stuff and makes sure everything's good. No one's stealing from you guys and y'all have yep. food. I, and, and then, you know, so I, I think it, it comes down with the planning. I'm happy you brought up the fact that people will, you know, still you feel like, you know, um, kind of what Robert was saying earlier as well. But right. like. When people are starving, I mean, they'll do anything, right? Yeah, I mean, they'll they eat you too. They will do anything, and it's, you know, it's, it's nothing's going to be, it's not going to be a, a gentleman thing. I mean, people are going to be fighting for their survival, and they will do mm-hmm. anything. And if you have something, they're going to come for it. And so um, we just have to keep that in mind. I think all the ideas on the gardening and stuff are all great. I really do. I, but I, you know, but it's, there's more to it. And, uh, yeah, there's just one when, piece. What we see happening, I mean, it's just evident that this is all coming into place for the people that are planning this. And uh, it's happening very, very fast. And, uh, right. yeah. I appreciate you so much, John, for coming up here. 
and dropping your gems. Uh, Brady, before we get to Jet, did you want to add anything to that? One thing I did want to touch on is Moringa trees. Um, it's, it grows like a weed. It's this amazing miracle food. Everyone should be planting it everywhere, especially considering we're in the middle of, or we experienced a uh, baby food, baby formula shortage. Mm -hmm. There's a word on the street, you know, the kind of the look, the myth is that Moringa tree can help women produce more breast milk. It might boost it a small amount. It's not really been verified very well, but I will say that it is one of the most nutritious foods you can eat. Um, it's one of the things that you can plant in your yard and literally eat from it every day. If you plant about three to five Moringa trees per person, then everyone can be eating Moringa, uh, mixed in with their dinner every day. Super nutritious, uh, has more vitamin C than oranges, more beta carotene than carrots, more iron than spinach, all this kind of stuff has the perfect amino acid profile to match the human body. So you're getting all of your essential amino acids in exactly the proportions you need them. And the whole plant is edible except for the roots. The roots uh, could be mildly uh, toxic. Uh, you, you may have an acute, some kind of a allergic reaction to the roots, but the seeds, the leaves, the flowers are all edible. And uh, it's a tropical tree. It grows like a weed. It might freeze in the winter. Um, there's a bunch of different varieties. Some are perennial, some are annual, kind of more of an annual variety meant to just grow one year. Um, oh, okay. but yeah, can, can, can you spell tree. it on air for us? And also yeah. can you put it in a live chat so we can uh, do yeah. research on that? I'll do both. It's M O R I N G A. And this is a great thing to just kind of plant anywhere. A lot of people won't even realize it's a food tree. So you could just plant it all over town and in a crisis situation, mm -hmm. you could potentially harvest from this tree without anyone even realizing it's beneficial, you know, you can kind of, Get your crop going all over town, and I got seeds and trees ready to rock. Oh, that's awesome! And real quick, before Jet goes, I'm gonna have a I have a question real quick. It says, "Does it grow in bad clay soil?" Yeah, it actually, I think I think it originated in Africa, so it's acclimated to very dry desert conditions, and they do great here in Texas. I'm looking at one right now; it's very pretty, blending right in <laughs> landscaping. And, um, yeah, they produce these nice little white flowers that smell like Skittles and look like little orchids or beautiful, beautiful plant. Okay, um, it, once, cool. it, once it gets big, it turns into kind of a raggedy looking tree. It's maybe not the most appealing tree to some people, but, um, it looks a little weedy, a little bit like a weed, like a giant weed. But, mm -hmm. um, I mean, you just learn to love it and I think it's kind of cool. So pretty cool. It's just me personally. Yeah. Awesome. They said Houston soil is bad. Um, but hey, Jet, what did you want to add? Can you drop your gems for us, please? And thank you. Yes, I can. Hey, everybody. And I uh, appreciate all the comments and all the knowledge you dropped. You know, um, I think one of the most important things to remember when uh, we talk about community gardens and in retrospect for getting everybody to want to garden themselves and prepare for anything is that what the community garden does is it, it makes that awareness, you know, relevant in your community. And I also know everybody knows this, but um, I like how Brady, you talked about the Moronga tree. Uh, the main thing that I have in, in my mind of a community garden is not something that just plants veggies and, and what, and fruits, but it also has, you know, like you said, you know, uh, 
plants and trees that are edible, that are really beneficial to your health. And I think also what the community gardens will do is just get people into a more holistic, healthy type of lifestyle. If everyone just, or if at least the major cities, the major metroplexes had one and it just creates a better community within that, that area, I, I believe, because I've seen how it affects people. I've been to uh, one of the community gardens out in Austin, Texas, and in the uh, in the downtown city, and um, like if you go to it out of season, it looks like it's a decent area, and they they've uh, they set it up really well. But um, as far as like when I was there, I didn't see anything that it, it was out of season, so you know I didn't really see it flourish. But also the other thing, uh, all, as as well as like the tips, like uh, I don't know if anybody know this, but I know I'm probably sure they do. You cut a piece of a potato off, set it in a jar of water, and it'll start growing sprouts. You plant that sprout, and you have you have potatoes right then and there. So that's another way you could just start at your own house, just to grow something that's sustainable and that will, you know, something that you can eat. But thank you for everything. Of course, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, and I think we should have these discussions more often. You know, that's why I was asking if uh, Brady, if you had a Twitter account, because a lot of us are on Twitter. And if you were to set up an account like this, Twitter also has Twitter spaces, so you can reach more people. And I was thinking, too, in the future, we can also co-host a Twitter space once you get an account up and uh, help each other out, follow you, help get the word out. You can put your videos and pictures on there. But, yeah, this is another place that we can chat like this. You can chat like this on Twitter spaces and then bring them over to your call-in show. I like that. That sounds cool. I will definitely get into that. As soon as you set up your Twitter space, send it to me. I I need to text you because we haven't talked to them yet. I'm going to text you. And then so then you can send me your your Twitter account so I can uh, share it. Um, Yeah, sounds good. Awesome. I appreciate you. Let me get Philip up here. I know he said he had to go, but I guess he uh, was able to make it back real quick. And then I got you, John. And then we'll come back to you, Private. Um, And we lost Kay. Darn. Um, I inbox him and see what happened. I, I we couldn't get his mic on for some reason, but maybe next time he's here on the on the podcast now. So hopefully we can get him to share what he was discussing earlier on Twitter Spaces. But hey, Philip, what's up? How's it going, sir? Running for president of the United States. He's a farmer. Yeah, but go ahead. Hey, how are you? Pretty good, thanks. So, um, um, so I know you guys are talking about community gardens and farming and everything, so I'm going to try to not talk about politics, but I can't make a promise. Because um, as we all know, we, we, wouldn't, uh, we wouldn't be having this conversation if it wasn't for this screwy two-party system we got. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I do farm, and, and I noticed somebody was talking earlier, and they were talking about um, how you had seasonal, that you could do seasonal gardens. Um, you can use PVC pipe and plastic and make small they're they're similar to greenhouses it's just a way for you to cover your plants to where you can grow a lot of the plants all year round it doesn't matter how cold it gets um well it does matter how cold it gets the ground can't freeze but um uh, you can do that and you can keep a lot of plants going a lot longer than what they naturally would you can increase your growing season um you know so but the community garden idea is a wonderful idea. As long as you live in a decent community, it's a wonderful idea. Um, but I, I would like to tell people, 
there's one thing that is just important as food that we need to be stockpiling on, and that is ammunition. Um, yeah. <clears throat> because, Real quick, before you pivot to that, I, I yeah. want to point out something, too. I did say he is running for president of the United States. as an in, He's running as an independent, as a constitutionalist. And um, we actually talked about this weekend before you know we came on the show. I, I asked him if he was available to come on. I was thinking that it would be a freaking great idea if the White House partaked in something like that, partook in that. So say, you know, when he becomes president of the United States, then if there was a community garden, come on. Like, I, I haven't, there may have been a president or something that's done it before, but I haven't heard about it. But I think this would be pretty cool. And I, I and then he said something about adding chickens and everything, too. Like, I thought that was, can you, uh, would you consider doing that? Oh, hell yeah, and there's going to be chickens and cattle out there, too. I mean, it just is what it is. Um, I, I, you, you can you can take the farmer off the farm, but you can't take the farm out of the farmer. And it doesn't <laughs> matter if I'm sitting on the White House. It doesn't matter where I'm at. My my chickens and cows are going with me, it, it, and my dogs, too. I mean, like, it, it's just it's just the way it's going to be. Um, but you are exactly right. I mean, that would be a great place to set up a community garden. And and I look, there's absolutely no reason if the federal government can fund other countries to to get to the point where they can turn against us. Why can't the federal government fund community gardens? Why can't the federal government fund ways to feed the people? Listen, people will get out there. If you yeah, give them the opportunity. You don't mind, Philip. Uh, the federal government does fund community gardens, and I'm I'll, I worked for one for five years, and I'll let you know that it's not a solution. Uh, federal funding, uh, I still I saw a lot of waste and ridiculous spending going on when I was working for a community garden. It's just not the way I would have run it personally. Um, the community gardens that I run myself are not five hundred one c fours anything like that. They're not nonprofits it's literally just me just making it happen on my own you know well so was that, was that wait, on this was that wasted you know was uh that? so for instance the two the two two guys that started the community gardens they uh unanimously voted while they were three people in the meeting to pay themselves thirty thousand dollars a year each for this community okay. garden and so that's sixty thousand dollars a year going to these two dudes for this community garden. And when I was there in my five years, I got a lot of work done. We got a lot of work done, but I'm telling you the majority of the work was done by volunteers. These two guys were just sitting back, you know, looking for the next way to make some money, which I don't blame them. I mean, that's the way capitalism is set up. Um, but I'm here to tell you that for those reasons, that it's just so corruptible, you know, um, there's no, uh, oversight for these guys. There's no one really kind of checking the books and seeing what's going on. But there's a lot of money wasted and a lot of trash and waste created in unnecessary ways. It's just, it's a bit offensive. And that's why I just, I ended up having to go my separate ways. You know, I ended up yeah. asking too many questions and rocking the boat there. And so I started my own community garden and with a couple hundred bucks, uh, you know, uh, of just my own money. Um, my gardens are pumping out, you know, um, beautiful sunflowers right now. I just harvested a bunch of beans today. We've got watermelons on the way. Uh, they're doing better than 
these gardens that I worked on for five years, you know, just because I had my own, you know, they wouldn't listen to me when I was working for this, these community gardens. They, these guys had uh, a formal education in horticulture and stuff like this. So these were formally educated dudes. Uh, I'm just kind of like a hillbilly farmer who's just been doing this my whole life. You know what I mean? But I watch a lot of YouTube. <laughs> so yeah. and on, that, on that note, I would refer everyone here to the work of Dr. Elaine Ingham on YouTube. I'll drop a link to that in the comments. And this woman is at the absolute forefront of soil health and how to regenerative agriculture, how to build your soil, which is a better investment than gold or just about anything else you can look forward to uh, right now. Um, Ukraine, as you, some of you guys might know, has 25% of the earth. Okay, look, I got interrupted in the middle of something, so I'm going to have to yeah, interrupt that, man, before we start chasing down okay, rabbits. So, so absolutely, you're, you're exactly right. The federal government is corrupt, but we have to fix the federal government, period. So just, just by saying that it's not good enough because of the way the federal government is now is not a valid point. The reason why the federal government is the way it is now is because we allow it. I absolutely do agree with you that it is corrupt. But if the taxpayers are going to put money in whatsoever, that money should go back to the taxpayers one way or the other. And it is our duty as people to stand up to that corruption and prevent it from happening. Not just using it as an excuse for whatever the excuse may be. We, we absolutely cannot do that. There's no reason why our tax money should not go back to help our communities. Period. And I do completely understand that a lot of stuff is made up of only volunteers, but that's the way it should be. You know, the only money that should be spent on a community garden, if the federal government is funding it, is for, if, it, if they have to rent the property for that, for the seeds, for the fertilizer, for the soil, for the mulch, however it is you want to do it. Um, um, so... You can't necessarily look at it with the way things stand now because we as a people have to fix what is going on now and stop making excuses and just letting it continue. That's why we are where we're at now. That's why we're having the conversation. That's why we're worried about running out of food. That's why cattle are dying. That's why chickens are dying. That's why our food processing plants are, are, are jacking up the prices, uh, are burning down. That's why we have a baby formula shortage. All that is because we've made up excuses for our federal government, for our local governments, instead of standing up to them and saying, you know what, fuck y'all. We just let them keep pushing us around. I do apologize for interrupting you, but a lot of times if you let people finish exactly what it is they got to say, you might find out you don't disagree with them. That's a great point, man, you brought up. Uh, and as far as those cows sitting out there in those fields getting hot, you know, we can plant moringa trees for those cows. Those cows didn't get hot. I, I own a feed lot. That, that, that doesn't happen. Well, I, you know, my family owns a ranch as well. And <laughs> that might not happen on your feed lot, but I'm not holding, I'm not, I'm not banking on everyone holding their, the way they treat their animals to the same standards, you know. Um, I'm open to the idea that someone could have let their cows get hot. And that could have been what happened. You know, well, I, uh, I personally know the, the feedlot, and, I, and, dude, I'm no conspiracy theorist by no means. All I know is you, you can't – my feedlot is in South Texas in the RGV. So you're from Texas. You know how freaking hot it gets down there, right? 
there is measures that you take whether you have shade or not to keep those cows cool because that is your livelihood and whenever we do have cattle die from from heat exhaustion it's never all of them you always catch one or two and then you take the measures that you need to to fix the whole lot so lost all his cows what huh? let, let us know what you know, man. Uh, this guy, well, lost, I don't you know this guy lost yet, all but his I tell cows. you what, in July, I'll know because I'm actually sitting down with with a with a group of different feedlots from from three different states, July the ninth, and they're going to bring me a bunch of information. Now, this is what I do know and what I can say for sure that the cattle didn't die during the day; they died at night. That's number one. So it couldn't have been heat exhaustion. And number, the cattle were found during the day, but they died at night. And number two, no one was allowed to do any kind of uh, autopsy style, you know, investigation with their local vets. They had to just be disposed of by the USDA, by the federal government. I I did have a question about that. That's suspicious because as a business, if you have a loss like that, you uh, put in a claim with your insurance company and then your insurance company is with that kind of that that big of a number of of cattle um, dying. They're going to want to have an investigation and figure out what's going on. So in the normal world, there will be an insurance claim and then there will be an investigation. But I'm not hearing any of that. It's just like, uh, oh, case closed. Well, and see, another thing a lot of people don't realize, they think that, that uh, like, those cattle belong to those feedlots. They don't. They belong to, to other ranchers or investors, right? Sometimes they even belong to the corporations, which uh, which are the big four. The big four is the big four packing industry. So mm-hmm. um, whenever they... The cattle are their own contract. They're being paid so much per the per how much weight they gain and so on and so forth to have them there. They don't get any insurance money. Those feedlots don't get any insurance money whenever those cattle die. They just lose because they no longer have the cattle to feed. So they work very, very, very hard to make sure nothing dies. I mean, very hard. Um... And these are, this is not, and I, and I don't mean this disrespectful, but where this is happening is not like the smaller operations where somebody um, maybe needed a little money and needed to do a little insurance farming, as we call it, or insurance ranching. These are big, legitimate places. The, these places, they, they, could lose their, they could lose their entire livelihood by having this happen and not necessarily because the cattle died and they're no and that nulls their contract but if they were to be that negligent toward the cattle then no one would come to their feedlot and put their cattle in there to fatten them up to send them to slaughter it just don't make sense but like i said i'm not a conspiracy theorist i'm not any of that unless i got the facts in front of me and then i have to check them out two or three times I really won't speak of it, but I can tell you that the media is already twisting things around and the cattle did die at night, not during the day. And I can vouch for him, everyone, too, because there's been times when people will talk about things that he may feel like it's a conspiracy theory and he hops off. And I'm like, dude, get back up here. And then see, like like he just did now. That's what he normally does. He hops right off. But uh, Brady, go ahead. Oh, wait, he, he, I think it was an accident. Let me pull him back over here. We have to get to John next. 
Uh, and then we'll get back to a private and flamethrower. But uh, go ahead, um, Mr. I hit the wrong button again. Man, I'm telling you, you need to talk to these people and tell them to spread those buttons apart. Because not everybody <laughs> has little bitty thumbs. <laughs> normally, normally, sometimes Charlie's in here, but um, you have to inbox Charlie. And let him okay, know. I'll do that. And Brady, I was I just want you to know I wasn't trying to be rude to you, but I, I do want you to understand this, buddy. Literally seven days a week I, I, I speak to people now and, and one of the common things that I've noticed and it happens with everybody and even myself, even I'm guilty of it, dude. So so it, it's not that big of a deal. But a lot of times we jump to conclusions when somebody's speaking and and Man, I, I'm running for the leader of the free world, so so you got to understand, I, I'm not an asshole. I just have to address the fact, and I have to get my point out there. So so, I did not mean well, to offend you in any way. You don't have to apologize for a thing because you are absolutely 100% correct. And I'm not afraid to admit that I am 100% a conspiracy theorist first. Um, now, I also understand how easy it is for someone to write you know, letting all their cattle die off as conspiracy theories. So I was skeptical. I'm a skeptical conspiracy theorist, but you came through with all the facts that I had. I'm going to be honest. I don't know a lot about this situation at all yet. That was just my first initial feeling was that oh, someone let their cows die and, you know, they're writing it off as conspiracy. Now you came through with some facts I had not heard yet. And I appreciate that. You have nothing to, you have nothing to apologize for. So, and I want well, I want to add this too real quick, Philip. Before you hop off, I went to look, look to YouTube to see if like, what these farmers with huge YouTube accounts um, were talking about, and they're like, "Oh no, this is normal. This happens pretty often." And they're sitting there on a doing a live video while they're riding on their big old John Deere um, equipment. And I'm like, "Who paid you to say this?" Because it had a lot of views, and I've never heard of this these people. But there's a huge farm. And then I guess they have a YouTube channel and they had it up there on YouTube talking about, oh, no, this is normal. This is people saying that this may be uh, self-inflicted. No, this doesn't happen. And I'm just like, are you? I, and I messaged them. I said on their comment section, are you guys part of uh, at the corporate agriculture industry? What part are you with? Because I'm looking at you riding in some big old John Deere and I'm looking at all your land behind you. You look like a commercial to me. But, yeah, hey, I, what, what do I know? But they're already having some farmers. It's like the they have the um, far, the pharmacists and doctors have on the, the the coats with the little magnifying and the scopes and everything, telling you, "Hey, these vaccines are safe and effective. Go ahead, jab yourself three times, get a booster." It's like this. They use people to push their narrative, so people people believe them because they're a people of authority in those industries. And I'm I'm already seeing it. It's like, oh yeah, this is normal. And I'm like, man, I I'm friends with some farmers, and they say this ain't normal. Um, so go ahead, Philip. Yeah. Um, there are corporate farmers out there. There are people that have contracts that, that will bow down and, 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 and they, in a way they get paid for, to say certain things. Um, look, I, I'm not a corporate farmer. I am, I am, I mean, I farm 41,000 acres, so I farm a lot of land. Um, but it's not, unless you belong to a corporation and you sell your soul to that corporation, it's kind of like politics. Unless you belong to a party and you sell your soul to that party and you're not doing it for the people, um, like those people make a lot of money. There's people that, that farm 
a lot less land than I do that are corporate farmers and they make a lot of money. We farm 41,000 acres. Hell, we can barely keep the lights on. And I mean, that's the truth. And it's just because we won't sell out to a corporation. We, 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 I just won't do it. I will not contract with a corporation, period. I would rather, I'd rather go out swinging, you know? And, and that's just part of it. That's what, that's what our country has become. Everything is controlled by corporations. Um, even whenever I registered as president of the United States, I didn't know this. And, it, and it's really not common knowledge. And the people that, that I've heard speak about it before were called conspiracy theorists. But this is the truth. Now, I can prove it. The Republican Party, the Democrat Party, the Libertarian Party, the Constitutionalist Party, the Reform Party, the Green Party, all those parties, all of them, are corporations. In order to register a party, it has to become a corporation. There has to be a head of that corporation. Okay? Which means any elected official within that party is an employee of the corporation, not of the people. That's why we are where we're at now. That's why everything has gone corporate. That's why you don't see many mom and pop stores anymore. You don't see too many mom and pop farmers anymore. You don't see any of that. We are literally controlled by employees of corporations. And if anybody ever chooses to register for president of the United States, do not register with those corporations because they will tell you what to do. They will tell you how to act. They will tell you, okay, we want you to say this, but this is what we're going to want you to do. And the Republican Party, I can't say they're worse than the Democrat Party or the Democrat Party's worse than, than them, but I did run for state senator under the Republican Party. And I do know, I know for a fact, they want us to tell y'all what you want to hear and then do what they tell us to do. And it don't make a shit if you're running for a dog catcher and you're Republican or you're running for president of the United States. It don't make a shit if your name's Joe Biden or Donald Trump. You will do what that party tells you to do. And if it seems like that individual is going against the party, it's all political theater. And we have been fooled for about 180 years by these freaking parties. Well, actually, longer than that. Yeah. And it's just Definitely. time. It's just time. We got to stop. We got to take care of ourselves. We have to get people elected that will look out for us, that work for us. You know, I mean, that's what we have to do. It's nothing if, if the people will step up and put their names up for these positions. It doesn't make a damn if you got money or not. I don't have any freaking money. I own five acres and I farm 41,000 acres. I'm basically a damn sharecropper that gets the smallest piece of the pie and does all the damn work. Right. So, so none, none of that matters. It doesn't matter. None of that matters. All that matters is that you give a shit about your neighbors, you give a shit about your country, and you're willing to die for it. I hate to say it that way, but that's the mentality that you got to have. And, 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 and it's not easy. Shit, 
I've been arrested since I registered to run for president of the United States. They tried to blame me for some big scheme, which I proved it wasn't true. And it was an illegal arrest, but that's the shit we're up against, you guys. Mm -hmm. um, but the community garden thing, I really do think it's a wonderful idea. And it shows that, 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 that we still care about one another and that yes. we can still unite. You know, um, Brady, I guarantee you, Whenever you, whenever people come to your community garden, you don't stand there and say, "Are you a Republican or a Democrat?" Do you? No, because it don't matter. All it yeah, matters. Yeah, it's a false dichotomy. I'm glad you're on page for that. Yeah, it, none of that matters. All that matters is that we have to look out for each other. Our religious, our sexual preferences, our political pref preferences—none of that shit matters. All that matters is we have to take care of one another. We got to we we got to lead by example, and that women have control of their own bodies for the love of freedom. Well, what, it, it depends on where you go there, but yeah, we're going to say that for another day. We do have to have that discussion <laughs> again, but that's that's another I'll ne day. I'll never allow the government's hand on my woman's body. Oh, you mean? Oh, yeah. Well, okay. Well, I, I can agree with some of what you're saying, but I don't know what trail we're going down there, so. So we no, just have no. we just have to look out for one another is what I'm saying, and we got to step up and we have Ain't to. No government we, 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 <laughs> we have well, to yeah, step definitely. up. And we have to take care of each other. Definitely, and it'd be great if you guys were to exchange um, information because you know, like Ray did point out, an issue with the community gardens with the government being involved. If the government funds something like that, you know, and people agree to they're okay with the government funding something like that, if we're funding, like you said, Ukraine and everything else and money laundering schemes for our politicians, then I think that it would be great if someone like Brady was someone that helped, you know, different communities across the United States. Like, that's Brady's thing, you know, and him and then and, and, uh, President Drake's in office, right? And then, like, hey, um, go to the White House, talk to President Drake, and then you guys figure out how you guys can help the country with the community gardens. You know, I feel like Brady would be someone that doesn't still from the American people, like the people that we're doing before. Oh, yeah, and I can help you with the farming and, and, and growing the, the stuff because I do have a gift. I can grow anything on a rock if I need to. I don't know <laughs> where I got the gift from, but I got it. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. But, hey, guys, we got to get to John. He hasn't spoken yet. I uh, appreciate you, um, President Drake, for coming up and having a conversation and dropping those gems for us. And um, then we're going to let Brady keep on talking for a bit. We are over the hour mark, so we'll get back to Private and Flamethrower. If you're not up here by 840, then uh, we're going to shut it uh, down after everyone else is finished. If you hop up here after 840, I apologize, but we're going to have to have you up tomorrow on the next show. Um, Brady, I'm going to get John over here real quick. He hasn't spoken yet. Uh, and then you want to elaborate on some more of the things you're discussing. We'll get back to Private and Robert. But we do want to get off of here by the one thirty mark, the latest, please. But, John, yes, hey, go ahead. I appreciate you having me. Uh, Got to say, it's really cool that you're doing this. Uh, not many people do. So it gives opportunity for regular people like me to get up in here and have a conversation. Absolutely. So cool. I appreciate you for coming and, and contributing. So, I mean, uh, there's a lot of points in here that, that that have been said that, you know, I'm going to try to not derail too much and not go too much in the conspiracy and, and put the tinfoil hat on. Because, um, like, I was indoctrinated very, very young <laughs> to, to all of that stuff. So I, 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 I take it from with a grain of salt. I like I like facts. Um, I think what a, a point a lot of people aren't facing is 
normal people don't want to talk about none of this stuff. They don't want to, they don't want to look at it. I don't think that they really even can think beyond, you know, their next paycheck, um, how they're going to pay rent, how they're going to feed their families and all that stuff. They don't want to think about, they're not even that. I, I, I talked to people about the, uh, the cattle that died and half these people didn't even know about that, you know? Um, and then, and then talk to people about, uh, growing their own gardens and stuff like that. And it, it gets dismissed, you know, it's like, it's a non-concern. And, and I, it's personally, if I could do it, I, I think it'd be a great idea for everybody to, to be self-sufficient and to be able to uh, provide for one another. Um, but the problem with the, all of that is, is I do believe that the government doesn't care. The federal government don't care about our rights. They will do what they want when push comes to shove uh, with a, something like a food crisis, a food shortage. I'm pretty sure they have grounds to declare a national emergency uh, to and you start seeing crime increase, people murdering each other for resources. Uh, they will declare martial law, send in the National Guard. Um, I don't know if any, but a lot of people it got like it, it was talked about for like a week on Twitter. And then all of a sudden went away. But the who the the WHO treaty that that like 137 or 173 countries I can't remember the number are, are on board with that basically play, uh, places uh, 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 national sovereignty into the hands of this organization that can declare a national emergency under things like uh, COVID, for example. Um, and I, I believe a food cri- a national food crisis would fall under that category or categorization. And they can deploy UN forces. Um, so, like, I, I don't see how this <laughs> how this has any other outcome but uh, all out war. Uh, it, if there's one thing that I that I that I, I have done throughout my life is read history. Like, I I've, I've I've read all kinds of history, all different kinds of civilizations. Men are evil. Man, mankind has evil natures and evil tendencies and murderous and, and greedy tendencies, and it happens. Uh, I don't think that we're ever going to evolve to a point where we, we no longer feel those needs or those necessities. But the point is, is that there are powerful people in play that do have a hold on our government, that do have money and influence, and the only way that history has proven that we can stop them is by doing it ourselves and talking about it rarely accomplishes anything. On that note, instead of a political revolution, I think there's also the option of a psychedelic renaissance. If we were to legalize cannabis and just uh, have everyone start growing that, we could branch away from the uh, pharmaceutical uh, stronghold they have on us as well as our food uh, cannabis seeds are delicious a delicacy actually one of the most delicious seeds i think uh like imagine if you had roasted cannabis seeds on top of your burgers instead of sesame i mean sesame is great too don't get me wrong sesame was one of plato's favorite foods but um one of hippocrates favorite foods i think too and um but cannabis seeds are amazing and not only for us, but for our cattle, for our livestock. Um, uh, back in the 70s, you know, back in the day before cannabis was illegal, um, all the excess hemp was fed to the cattle and the livestock, and that benefited them a lot. It helped uh, modulate their endocannabinoid systems, 
and that made them healthier. The meat itself was healthier. And then you notice as soon as we took uh, hemp out of the marketplace, the uh, cancer rates started to shoot up right after that. So uh, I know it's just a correlation. I mean, it's just a, uh, how do you say, it happened together at the same time. It's not necessarily a cause. It's a correlation, not necessarily a cause. Yeah, because uh, I definitely don't believe in coincidences. Yeah, you know, uh, it does happen. Coincidence does happen. But, uh, you know, I don't know if we've exactly proven that to be the case, but I would imagine that is certainly because, as we know, cancer is like a multi has a lot of different reasons. A lot of different things will cause cancer. You know, uh, excess heat will cause ha- cancer, for example. Heat well, is I mean, a form of radiation. Uh, so all kinds of different radiation cause cancer. Well, if you look and, at tobacco, uh, for example, you know, the Indians smoked tobacco for, for generations and it didn't cause yeah. the effects that it does to us today. They also had a completely organic diet, you know, so yeah, they had no glyphosate in their diet as well. So a combination yes. of those two things made it to where they can handle a little bit of tobacco. No problem. You know, um, I'm, yeah, we need to get rid of glyphosate. I'm with you, but, uh, cannabis uh, is good for restoring soil as well. Really good for restoring, uh, poisoned or toxic soil, which a lot of our farmland unfortunately is these days after all these toxic fertilizers, you know, everyone's freaking out about not having enough fertilizer. I'm like, this is a good thing. We can finally stop poisoning our soil. And, as, you know, we've needed to make, you know, go in this direction for a long time. We, we need to stop using fertilizers and uh, all these pesticides. They're not doing us any good. They're what have got us here. They're what led oh, us here. Oh, without a doubt. So, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, yeah, it's bad, man. Definitely. Any, other qu- any questions or anything, uh, any other, like, specific questions you guys have about um, gardening or any uh any resources I can point you guys towards? Well, if if John doesn't have anything else, uh, we do still have. Okay, Robert says yes. We have private still. I'm quite sure they have questions. No, John. I I, I hope you push out on accident. You didn't have to go. I appreciate you for good. coming up and dropping your gems. Yeah, definitely. And I want to. I just got tagged in some news, you guys, because you guys know how much. Everyone loves Texas and its freedom and everything. Um, I'm going to have to add this real quick because I did run for office, by the way, and, and for this seat that I'm about to mention. Uh, my friend Carlos is an activist in the Fort Worth, Dallas-Fort Worth area. Uh, we've done a lot of rallies together, spoken together at different events and done things, knock doors, all that good stuff. Um, he posted, uh, Texas mayor signed to support red flag laws and more gun control. Um, it says big city mayors, and then we have um, the mayor's uh, signatures on here. We have it for um, Amarillo, Arlington, Austin, Corpus Christi, Dallas, El Paso, Fort Worth, Fort Worth, Texas, Maddie Parker, everybody, Grand Prairie, wow, Houston, Loretto, Plano, San Antonio, San Antonio, San Antonio, Sugarland, Texas, Texas, what is going on here? Anywho, we'll, we'll come back. We'll, we will talk about this. You know, I'm gonna, we'll talk to Shaka. I bet we can talk about this tomorrow. Um, but let, let's get Robert over here and then private, because private has a lot to add, too, I believe. Uh, but, Robert, please go ahead. Okay. So, uh, okay, so here's my, here's my issue. I'm, uh, I, I'm a tech guy, okay? If, if you give me any piece of electronics, 
I can guarantee I can tell you at least the basic how the basic components of it works. But when it comes to nature, food, etc., I have no clue what the hell I'm doing. So, uh, so the quest. So, um, I I don't exactly live in a home that's really zoned for farming. So I am limited in what I can do, and plus I have nosy neighbors. So, and we, and we have quite a few rodents out back. Like we have, uh, foxes, squirrels, rabbits, etc. So what, what would be a good, a good approach to getting started with growing? I'm not a big vegetable fan. I'd probably, I orient more towards fruits. So what would be a good way to get started? Okay, a lot of, uh, a mistake that a lot of people make is they go straight for the, like the most difficult things to grow, like tomatoes and carrots, all the kind of stuff we see in the market, really kind of fully advertised and whatnot. And what I recommend people do is actually go for more perennial foods, and these are things that are going to become better and better every year that you plant them. Uh, they kind of come back stronger, like asparagus, um, raspberries, blackberries. So small berry bushes are very productive. If you can find a berry that is uh, acclimated well to your climate, um, I recommend planting a lot of berries and trees, especially trees. Like you said, you like fruit, fruit trees and uh, seed trees, pardon me. Uh, fruit, seed, nut trees, all those things are going to be good, and they're going to be really productive, highly productive, and um, they're going to provide shade and create a microclimate for all of your other vegetables. And that's another good thing about moringa trees as well as they provide shade. And sunflowers are a really good way to start. Um, so I would recommend starting with moringa trees and sunflowers. Those are two things that are hard to kill. They're highly productive. Um, we're actually harvesting a sunflower right now as I speak. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> um, the trick with sunflowers is you want to plant a bunch of sunflowers together at once in some really nice deep wet soil with lots of mulch. And that way, they have a chance to all pollinate each other. Um, otherwise, you'll get a really nice, big, beautiful sunflower head. And then you'll only end up with about 20 seeds <laughs> that are uh, pollinated. So it's well, a whole bunch together and kind of well, all, at, all at different times. Oh, and just for reference, sorry to interrupt. Um, I, I live in Maryland, so our weather is quite wonky at times. It could, is we uh we 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 very rarely believe the weatherman because because of how wonky it is definitely um we have yes you i i believe you spelled that correctly uh and if you spell it wrong i think google will pick it up because i have it on my search privacy um but uh private i'm gonna pull you over here in, in a second joe Joe, you were late, like really late. I'll let you come up here real quick before private, but like you late. But I, I love you though. That's why I'm, I'm missing with you. I'm giving you a hard time. But Robert, thank you as always for coming up here and dropping your flames as normal. And uh, and um, Brady, um, let's hear. Let's get with Joe real quick because we haven't spoken with him yet. And then we're gonna hop over to private. And then after private, Brady, anything else you want to add? Closing statements you can, but we're going to shut this down here in a second because we've been on here for almost an hour and 20 minutes. And I want to remind everyone 
that um, tips are very much so welcomed here. I appreciate your time. I don't know if Brady has anything on his page or if you want uh, a website or something or donation, please go check out his page. Uh, but I'm going to drop the sound effect that it's time to tip if you can. I know times are hard, but it's hard for me too. I will put my info in the live chat if you would uh, like to contribute. That would be great. Um, it helps me a lot to do a lot of things and get more things done the way I need to and faster. So, real quick, uh, Joe, how are you doing? And then, Private, you're next. You're, I, mean, I know you have more to say, so that's why you're, you're last. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Hey. I'm just getting in towards the end, really. That sucks. Yeah, but you know what? It's kind of my fault. I didn't. I don't think I put it in the group chat again. No, I was out running around too, though. So like, I just happened to catch it when I got back. Um, but when's the next one? Tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, seven thirty p.m. Central Standard Time with Shaka. Okay, I will definitely. Oh no, it's with Shaka, so there's not going to be a lot of people jumping in, right? Oh, it, it's going to be at the end. You guys come in at the end, but some last time it was longer. But, uh, yeah, you guys can come in and talk tomorrow, too. Definitely. Okay, I'll try to jump in tomorrow. I, yeah, I like when you guys talk, like when Shaka's in there. Me, Gets too. more subjects. Yes, I love it. I love right, the new family. Love I love the new – love you, too. I love Have the new night. faces. Have a good night. Bye. All right. Um, I, I love all the new faces that are here. You know, it's amazing how we're growing as a community. And we come up here, we have all these – ideas and examples and we're solutions and we're trying to help each other. I can't, I can bring it. I don't know about you, but I'm kind of tired in overall the commentary. When you don't give me a solution, you're not telling me anything. All you're doing is tell me what I just saw, but your opinion on it. I don't, I feel like it's kind of a waste of time now. Um, I'm not sure what you're talking about in reference to, but one thing I'll just add at the end is that um, mushroom grow kits are like perfectly legal to acquire and then mushroom spores are also totally legal to acquire on their own over the internet. You guys can totally just like utilize both of those things like at home as much as you can and push for psychedelic legalization. And I think we need to get cannabis legalized immediately and start taking advantage of hemp if we want to survive. Absolutely. Brady actually did a show on that uh, discussion on hemp and marijuana and everything. First of all, it should have never been illegal in the first place. Um, it's We have life, liberty, pursuit of happiness in this country. It's a natural plant that grows out of the earth. The government decided to make it illegal, um, according to them, but they infringe on our rights by making it illegal in the first place. So, like, there's a lot of things that we have. We had just really need to remove and repel a lot of unconstitutional laws. It should have never been illegal in the first place. Because what they did when they make it legal is they start taxing the crap out of it. They have a whole bunch of regulations. You can't have a bank account because the federal government is a bunch of mess. And all we really need to do is just quit, like, get rid of the regulations on it. The Sorry, the, the unconstitutional law on it. And we'd be very cautious of what regulations we have on it and be very cautious of the taxes on it. Because the whole point of this country is a land of free, home of the brave. You have opportunities here. You can't make it only easy for corporations to profit from this market but not the regular working you know joe schmo us you know average people right so definitely uh hey private go ahead do you have any more questions or you want to add anything that brady has said before um we let brady um hop off here i think uh one thing i wanted to get was that uh gardening app i think it's important for people to get that uh because it's a great idea to start some community gardening gardening 
because if you get a garden started now and you can start harvesting, I, I have neighbors that, you know, they just bring over extra stuff just because they got it. You know, they're already yeah. garden. Yeah, they're, they're already gardening, you know, where I, where I live, you know, and building gardens. There's lots of people coming into where I am. It's, you know, uh, away from all the psychopathic cities. But uh, I've been, I posted some information down there regarding Mylar bags and everything. If you do have the funds to get this stuff, you can protect it from bugs with Mylar bags and store it in a more long-term setting. Um, what else? Oh, yes. Uh, I don't know if there's time for it tonight, but uh, I think security and sanitation should be covered at some point if uh, the stuff really does go down because people forget about sanitation, especially if your toilet stops flushing. That's super important. Definitely. That, that can definitely be a conversation um, that we have later on. Um, right. That's we, can, we can look at sometime next week. We can uh, pick out a schedule private. Just shoot me uh, an inbox on Twitter and figure out which day you, if you since you're volunteering that, that I'm like, you should definitely co-host it with me. Just saying. <laughs> well, sanitation, um, you know, that should be a, sort of a, a different day as well as security because everything happens at night. And that's, mm-hmm. if that, this breaks down, like I'm thinking it is going to break down because they're, they don't want to fight us. So they fight us, they're going to lose. But if they starve us out, this is like uh, if you ever watch those um, medieval uh, or is it sieges and everything, they starve you out in a big fortified city. And basically what's happening here is uh, they're trying to starve us out, but they have the media controlled by Mockingbird, you know, a CIA, and they're all saying everything's fine, everything's fine, everything's fine, take your vaccines, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they're whittling us down at this point. And the people that are awake that have the opportunity to prepare at least a few months in advance, get a garden started, get some chicken started, by all means do that. But you have to stop buying beer. You have to stop going to these concerts. I know it's fun, but half the time the concerts, they're spraying chemtrails on you, you know, aluminum sulfate and things like that. So I, I guess if you like that stuff being sprayed on you, you know, go for it. But anyways, uh, that's a subject for a different matter, of course. It's just if you, you have something extra, unfortunately, a lot of the stuff that's fun needs to be put on hold until you have at least three to six months, you know, storage and a garden started. It's just, it's just the way the country's headed right now. Did you want to say something, Brady? Yeah, I was just going to say someone asked about um, what to do with soil with high clay content, and I just recommended adding leaves and mulch to that as much as possible. And over time, you're going to have some really nice soil on your hands. And uh, deep-rooting vegetables like carrots and burdock root. Uh, Burdock's a little invasive, but uh, carrots, radishes, uh, potatoes, things like that that go deep into the soil are going to help break up that clay a little bit too. And one more thing people don't think about is cooking oil because how are you going to cook some of the stuff, the rice and beans? It's You need to have some kind of cooking oil. You can still get it relatively cheaply. I think uh, Amazon has it relatively cheaply. Uh, I think it's the uh, Costco brand or something. But you have to start thinking about this stuff. 
you know, uh, you can't just put water, rice, and beans, and you think it's going to taste great. You have to have something for the, the fat. You know, your body needs fat. And there's a lot of things just it's that people don't think about, and it sucks that this we're even at this point in time having this conversation. But it needs to be happening, and if we can, if we can survive... You know, yeah, it's not too late, guys. Um, honestly, we just need to break the conditioning and the spell. I'll save you a lot of time. Uh, I don't mean to offend you or anything, but I think the chemtrail argument was a way for the airline industry to disguise the pollution that they're doing at the same time as they're doing the whole green, you know, anti carbon movement. It's kind of hard to justify going green and charging carbon credits while everyone's flying around in private jets. So they come up with a chemtrail argument to distract everyone and make any criticism of the airline industry look like, uh, you know, tinfoil Alex Jones territory. But um, basically all the same chemicals that are sprayed from airplanes are also found in traffic, like barium are found in the brakes of our brake pads. So every time you brake in traffic, barium is sprayed all through the air. So a lot of these same chemicals we talk about in chemtrails are actually emitted from vehicles in traffic as well. Just a heads up on that. Yeah, I don't really want to downplay that stuff going on because it's not like it's false. It is happening because they did that to over 800,000 people in San Francisco, I think, back in the 1970s or 80s and didn't tell them and they were experimenting on them and this was this happened in sacramento california where they shot stuff in the in the air to test to see how people react to it they do do evil things like this um you know i i know sometimes we want to reality that they defend our government to. i understand what you're saying i totally agree with that but i want you to understand that that is the reality that they are tying this uh extra fiction to in the case of chemtrails and um it's just just an idea to float, you know, no pressure. It's just uh, my perspective on that. I think we'd be, we would do better to focus on building new things instead of destroying the old and all that kind of stuff. And um, if we can get mushrooms legalized like they did in Canada and a few states here in the U.S., that would really open people's minds to all of these really blatant, obvious solutions that are just laying at our feet that we're just too blind to see because of this collective kind of hallucination we're all in right now. It's like a massive CIA Program. humans are incredibly programmable you know we're all just like little computers and the tv everything you consume everything you read that is the programming so we need to you know uh keep our mental diet and to con- take that into consideration as well as our physical you know food diet and if we can get clean water clean food um those are really the two first important things to take care of and after that we can start worrying about uh real shelter and what we consider real shelter to be. And shelter is more important than ammunition. I'm going to let you guys know right now that your defense, your shelter is a thousand times more important than ammunition. If your shelter is good, I could take you out with a bow and arrow. Um, you know, I don't care how big your, your bombs are. If my shelter is right, all I need is a knife. Um, so I think that's something we all do good to focus on. That is what the elites are doing right now. They're all focusing on underground bunkers and stuff like that. And how to, you know, just, shelter themselves so they don't have to worry about shooting anyone at the end of the day um which is would be nice i'd like to not ever have to shoot anyone that'd be great <laughs> yeah that would be great yeah so definitely so let's go ahead, all- let's go ahead and uh call this one um it's been it's hour and 31 minutes we will be back tomorrow um talking about some things um 
I don't have exactly what we're going to discuss, but some of these things we're discussing today will definitely come up. I'm quite sure what's going on with the food storage will come up most like tomorrow. Um, a lot of things with firearms, those things will come up tomorrow, but definitely um, I appreciate Private and Brady and everyone who came up and um, gave their perspectives on everything, gave us their, um, their gems, their value they've added to our community um, to help us out, you know? So that we can know this information, because not all of us know all this information. Um, I want to also thank, oh, Brady, you jumped down fast, but thank you, sir. <laughs> so uh, Robert, Ro Wanderer, Jet, Fred, John, Joshua, Ice Judge, Marcus, John, Private, Joe, uh, Baldy, True, Texan, A, Lee, and I can't see the rest of you guys. You guys are amazing. I, I am so appreciative that you guys came here. Um, you guys can do anything else. But you guys are here with us, and this is what we really need, and I appreciate you guys. I want to make sure we see each other tomorrow at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. This is this is going to be a really good show. If you guys don't know Shaka yet, man, we have a good time. So let me go ahead and close this out our anthem. I'm going to have dinner. I love you all. God bless you. Bye. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it, and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form, as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence, indeed, will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes, and accordingly all experience hath shown, that mankind are more disposed to suffer, while evils are sufferable, than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations, Pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism. It is their right, it is their duty, to throw off such government, and to provide new guards for their future security. You're tuning into The Constitutionalist with Donnie the Don. Don't be political property, be free.